Welcome on in to Empower Talks. This is the podcast where we talk about careers with people across the insurance industry. So welcome to Empower Talks, the podcast where we discuss insurance careers with industry professionals. Today, I'm very excited to welcome on in someone who I think is quite well known across the industry for all the good work that she's doing. And that's Lara Pedley, who is the Managing Director of ISC. So welcome, Lara. Hi, Sam. It's so good to to have you here um, to talk particularly around networking today, which is of course, a fundamental part of what ISC offers. But before we jump into that, for those listening who've maybe not come across ISC or have seen it popping up on their LinkedIn, social media, but, but a bit curious to hear more about it, do you want to tell us um, from your perspective what ISC is and what it has to offer its members? Absolutely. And Sam, so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me to be part of it. So for anyone listening, ISC Group is a business community that aims to uh, accelerate the career progression of women, but also uh, retain that female talent in the insurance industry. And we do that by networking, which is why we're here to talk about its importance today, but also through a number of different training and development opportunities. Um, The community is available to all women that work in insurance. So if you are listening and you are interested, do go visit our websites and all of the membership information will be there for you to read. Excellent. And from my perspective, um, I'm constantly promoting IC, especially this year, because I think one thing it deserves a huge amount of credit for is at the beginning of lockdown, face-to-face networking is something the market does, I think, incredibly well and incredibly structured. There's so many opportunities. And lockdown kind of really put a curveball in most of that. Um, So most of these networks kind of put themselves on hold as they worked out what they were going to do. And up comes ISC with literally an event every single day for about six months. Uh, So I think... What what you guys had to offer was amazing for just kind of keeping that connection alive, but I think also created a bit of a blueprint for other networks across the industry to to follow. So um, personally, just a thank you for that. It was great to see that happening, and I'm glad the membership has developed. I'm sure as a deliberate consequence of of that kind of proactive attitude. Um, so um, any thoughts from you on on kind of that adaption for COVID when you first did that launch? Absolutely. And I I remember the day that we were actually hosting a networking event for, for our executive members, the day that London went into lockdown. And I remember it so vividly because we started off the morning and I was one of these optimists. I thought COVID was only going to be around for a couple of weeks. Um, and then as the day progressed on, I, I heard I had rumours that Aon went into lockdown and then another insurance company and then another insurance company. And then by about three o'clock, the whole city had shut down and everyone was on their way home. And, um, and it was on a Wednesday. And on the Thursday, we were all I woke up, we were working from home and I just sat there. I was on the phone to our founder and I just I just thought, what are we going to do? We, we, our sole purpose is to bring women together and get them to share their stories in an intimate and safe space. Uh, and previously that only been able, well, we thought it was only possible to do that in person. And uh, so I took those two days off and I just thought, what, what are we going to do for the next few weeks? Because it was at that moment we re- I realised that this was going to be a long term thing. And um, I was listening to BBC Women's Hour um, 
And that really just gave me the inspiration. Uh, we, we had all of this content planned for the next six months and it just felt a real shame for it to go down the drain. And I thought, well, we're a business community for women in the insurance industry. Um, I'm sure there's platforms out there that can host all of this content for us and, and we can create our own women's hour uh, for the insurance industry. And uh, lo and behold, our broadcasts were born. And uh, the Monday after, so less than a week later, we hosted, I think we started off with a yoga, um, a yoga and meditation hour. And then within a couple of days, we had CEOs on, on the broadcast talking about their experiences locking down and what their plans were for the future. And as you say, it just evolved from there. And it's, it's been a really fun, it's been a really fun platform to engage with our members around the world because this was the first time in over 13 years that we were bringing our global membership together every single day to connect, to learn and to grow. So it was, it was really fantastic to be a part of. Well done. I think you guys did it in incredibly well. So I'm still impressed as I talk to people about it now. Um, and and I think, so you say one of the big parts of what you offer is is networking. And I think for, for me, that's one of the kind of key topics of conversation. I thought it'd be great to have you on the podcast for. Um, quite often when we look at careers, you know, people do focus on the technical skills, the performance piece. And of course, that's essential. However, quite often as your career gets further and further on, you realise the importance of networking as well as the opportunities and the progression that kind of um, can create for you. Uh, and at the same time, networking can create fear for some people as a word. It's something that has a negative connotation at times. So um, I'd love to just hear from you as to uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on the benefit of networking? Why is it important for people? Absolutely. And yes, we were born as a networking organisation uh, 13 years ago. Uh, Barbara, Barbara Schoenhofer just brought 12 women together uh, and then found the power of networking herself, uh, bringing those individuals together and uh, the outcomes that that can create and the opportunities that cr can create for not only women, but everyone working in the insurance sector. So so very happy to, to give my, my views on, on networking and my personal experience as well, because I, uh, I joined the insurance industry five years ago. I was brand new to insurance before that, I was working in property. And I hated networking, <laughs> which you might find quite hard to believe, given uh, I am now the MD of, of something that was born as a networking organisation. Um, and I think this is just because networking, traditional networking, if, you, if, I, with, if I'm going back to when I thought about it coming into the industry, it was standing in a big room of people, listening to one or two or a panel about something interesting, and then feeling the pressure to then go up and talk to people and not knowing what to say and not feeling confident enough to start a conversation confident enough that I've understood the topic enough to, to then have uh, an impactful connection off the back of that. Um, and what I've realized over the last five years is that there are so many different ways to network uh, and that's just one way. And I think the key here is that networking should be fun. So if you've tried what you consider networking and you're not enjoying it, try something else. There's no point, I, I, well, I'd say definitely try and put yourself out of your comfort zone. But if you've tried it and it's not working, you're still really resenting it, you're not enjoying it. There are so many different um, different ways that you can go about it. You can, well, hopefully when we go back into the everyday world, you'll be able to join those big events. If, if you like them, you can get involved that way. 
But equally, from, from an ISC perspective, the, the different types of networking we've done this year are um, smaller intimate forums. So finding individuals that you have something in common with, first and foremost. So you're not walking into a big room without knowing what to say to people or having sort of your, your go-to uh, introductory comments uh, about, about something. So you can find a forum. You can find a working parents forum. You can find a young... Um, professionals forum you can find a non-executive director forum you can really just tap into some of your interests that are industry specific and find a, a forum that is that is suitable to those needs likewise if your interests are in sports or in extracurricular activities there is no doubt a, a community in the insurance sector that is bringing those individuals together and and getting letting them get to know one another as well as building those industry connections. So I'd say there's a vast majority of, but there's so many different ways in which you can meet people in the industry. Um, and it's really just finding out what, what you enjoy uh, and then pairing that with networking because then you'll prioritize it and you'll do it on a daily basis rather than resenting it and putting it at the bottom of your to-do list. Yeah, and I like what you say there about about comfort zones. I think for me, that's um, an analogy I, I talk about um, a lot because as soon as something's uncomfortable our, our natural instinct is often to back away from it and comfort zones they're like elastic bands we need to be stretching them bit by bit and it's to not put too much pressure onto them but be able to um, encourage ourselves to do things that are going to stretch us and if we're doing that gradually then more and more is going to feel comfortable so I think to your point there if, if you feel like you're doing something outside your comfort zone then maybe just pull it in a little bit. Don't move completely away from it. Maybe find a smaller setting, one-to-one uh, -one coffees, a situation where you know you're going to have uh, an introduction so you don't need to think about the way you're going to be introduced and then feel more comfortable in that setting and, and push yourself then stage by stage um, up a gear, as, as I would kind of put it, because the more you're doing it, the more natural it feels. I mean, you'll be a great example there, someone that didn't like it. You know, I'm sure the first few months it was scary and probably the first couple of years there were still moments that were scary and I'm sure they still are. Um, and the more you're doing it, the less frequent those become um, because we're practicing things, we're putting it putting it into real life. Um, a bit like learn to drive, I always say. You know, you, you, you pass your driving test, you come home driving 10 to 2, there's no way you're going to put the radio on and you only want to go on routes that you've already mapped out and planned in advance. Whereas a few months down the line, you're going on a route, listening and singing to all kinds of songs with no idea what way you took and you can't even remember your journey because you just got used to it. It's only through practice that you kind of got to that level of comfort. So um, so I love I love hearing a first-hand example of, of someone doing your job who, who didn't enjoy it, who managed to turn it around. Um, how about the kind of <laughs> the, the benefits for people? So um, hopefully they're going to enjoy it. Uh, of course uh, hopefully that's a, that's a benefit that will come from it in the moment um, but also I think there's maybe some longer term more practical benefits that you might see so have you got some examples that you've seen that you can share? Absolutely and just the, the last comment I'll add on that because I love your analogy of, of learning to drive and, and constantly putting, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone um, uh, and just another piece to add to the to the confidence element, I think, is if you are pushing yourself out of the, your comfort zone uh, and going into these settings uh, and, and are really struggling with that introductory piece, I think it's be purposeful with your networking. So understand the reasons why you've chosen that event or that forum or that group of people to go and meet. 
um, and have that in the back of your mind. So whenever you introduce yourself to someone, you can say, hi, my name is Lara and I'm here today because I'm a working parent or I'm here today because I want to learn more about X, Y and Z. And that way you have given the reason that you're there and there's no pressure for you to say, oh, I'm here and I really liked what X, Y and Z said on that panel and I want to take it to my organisation. You, you start off in a comfortable setting and then let the conversation evolve from there. Um, so why is networking so important? What are some of the benefits that it can uh, give to you? So I have a number of different opportunities uh, and examples that I've seen over the last five years. Uh, I've noted five down here. Um, the first one being that networking is really important for when you come into a business issue. So I say, uh, I, Sam, I met you two years ago and we had a great conversation just ad hoc about something specific. And then a couple of years down the line, I'm in a big meeting, I'm in charge of this project and I don't know how to start or I've come across a real, real issue. And all of a sudden, uh, the thought triggered, the thought is triggered that Sam and I had a conversation on this. She may not have the answers, but she can be a sounding board. She's outside my organization um, and she's someone I can run a few ideas past and see if I've missed anything or whether she can help me come up with a solution. So I think that's one key area is when you're networking with individuals, really sort of be, as I said, be purposeful. And then if you've met someone and they have something interesting or something different to say that you haven't heard of before, note that down either in a book or however, however you can remind yourself of that. Uh, and then really use that as your black book for, for when you are coming into issues at work that, that you need some help with. The second one is obviously moving job. So de depending on whether that's moving job internally or externally, having a network is really, really key there. Uh, and not in the traditional sense in that they can pinpoint those opportunities for you and give you a role. But again, for a sounding board. So I, I, I've met Sam and I said, Sam, I'm thinking about moving into this area. Uh, what do you think about it? Is, do you think it's a good idea for me? You know me, you know the things I'm interested in. Um, is it something that I'm just being persuaded to because I'm bored in my current role, or is, do you think it's actually a really, really good fit for me? Um, and one of some some advice I got given uh, a few years ago by Dawn Miller actually was have a boardroom of have your own boardroom, basically, where if you have an opportunity come up, have seven people that you run it past that are in your network that you can stress test it with because. If three or four of them say, I don't really know why you're doing that and you can't justify it, then it might not be the best move for you. And there might be something that will come along in a few weeks or a few months time that may be better suited to you. <laughs> Your own personal boardroom, I yeah, think that's what she called it. <laughs> Um, but likewise, it can also create opportunities. So I've connected individuals in the past without uh, them wanting to move role. Um, and they've got on, they've... They could either be peers or they could be senior versus junior. It doesn't really matter. But if they get on uh, and the relationship grows, then sometimes those individuals then end up wanting to work with, with one another. And then opportunities are created off the back of that. So I think it's always good to expand your network to help you make the next step in your career, whether that's a lateral move or uh, moving into a new organization. Uh, it's completely it's completely up to you and dependent on the, the networking, I think, that you create for yourself. 
again, on a similar theme around exploring opportunities. So if you are stuck in a rut and you, I mean, one of the key aims for ISC is that retention piece. We really want to keep the talent in our industry. And so I always advise our members, if, if they are thinking about leaving, to make sure they've explored all of the different opportunities that the industry gives. So you may be working in underwriting or you may be working in HR. Uh, and you can't see a career path for yourself in that specific area. But if you go out, start networking and meet people from ops, from claims, from strategy, hear about what they're doing and get really inspired, then that's a way for you to create opportunities for yourself uh, through, through the networking that you do. Creating business goals is something that I've also written down here. So networking is part of the insurance industry. It's why everyone is very successful with what they do, because we all can help one another in business. Um, by networking, you introduce yourself to different companies, different brokers, different service providers, and you never know where those business leads are going to go to. So I'd say it's really, really great to get out there and network because you, it could always help you in business um, at whatever stage you're, you are at in your career. Uh, and the, the final one is uh, around finding your tribe is what I've uh, what I've written down here, which I think is is really key for me is that I've met some incredible people in the insurance sector. And these individuals, well, when I started, I was working on my own. So, um, so this was a way for me to meet people in the industry that I classify as my friends now. And they are part of the reason that I get inspired every single day to do what I do, stay in the industry. Uh, and um, because I feel like I have that support system, but also friends in the industry. And what better way to go to work every single day uh, with a community of friends, peers, just cool people that uh, keep you on track and keep you motivated to do what you do. I love that. There's a, a great list there. I made some notes as you were um, going through them, just a couple of bits to, to go back to. I like your, your, your first point, um, writing down notes where you've met people. And this can be a bit tricky now because with data protection, there's, there's certain rules around what we can write and where we can keep it. So I've got a little um, hack that I, I share with people, which is to send a LinkedIn message after you've met them and say, I, Lara, I really loved talking to you about, um, and then when I come around months later and I'm seeing you on an agenda and I'm looking you up and thinking, I know I've met you before. If I look back on my message history on LinkedIn, I've got it there. I can see exactly what it was. It's recording in a place that as well, if you move jobs, your LinkedIn account is still aligned to you. And I can remind myself what you look like as well. So avoid that awkward moment where you're like, I know I've met them and I can't remember their name. Um, so um, I, lo I love that point. Um, hopefully that, that kind of gives a little bit of a practical way of, of putting that into practice as well. Um, and the idea of these different people in your networks, I think, is, um, is really powerful. Something I, I kind of start maybe consciously thinking about a, a few years back was making sure I had different people in my network. Um, so what I mean by this is I realised in, in myself that I had a lot of people that fought like me, that had a very similar outlook, similar attitude, um, similar risk appetite uh, to, to their career and, and so on as me. And a lot of that of what we had in common was the reason um, you know, I spend time with them. 
but you know that can create a little bit of an echo chamber when you want to get advice if you're looking at maybe a career move and running it past people you know you're just asking yourself several times uh, effectively what you think whereas the the value there of having those different opinions so something I, I kind of um I look to do myself and recommend for people now is to when you're, you're creating maybe that boardroom um sort of setting is consciously think about different characters so um <laughs> I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before, but I've given them all animals, right? <laughs> so we have um, the loyal penguin, which is the friend, like you say, having real friends. So you see at, at the weekends, you see them outside work. They've kind of moved out from that networking stage to, to a genuine relationship. You know, you can go to the room, times are really tough um, and you can just be really honest and vulnerable with them and, and not worry about um, any, anything said. Um, you've then got the influential lion, uh, which is essentially your sponsor. So the person who has maybe the power and influence to, to help you with, with challenges. Um, the practical monkey, which is your mentor. Um, so someone who's been where you have maybe a few years ahead of you, so they can kind of show you the ropes. Um, the social dolphin. So someone who is very well networked. If you have one person in your network who is really good at networking, then as soon as you need a connection, you know that chances are if you go to them and ask, they'll be able to direct you to someone and they'll love the fact that you asked them to do it. So for those people that don't like a really wide pool of people in their network, if you've got one of those, it can kind of give you a little bit of an option. Um, the tough crocodile. This is the one that I think we miss the most um, uh, because by the nature of the way I'm going to describe them, we tend to push them away. This is the one that tells you the hard truths and maybe they don't worry about too much how they word it. Um, so often when they deliver you that truth, you kind of maybe push them away. Um, but there's not many of these people around necessarily who are just going to sort of tell you things from their perspective. Um, uh, uh, and, and quite often in a, in a fashion where they're not too worried uh, about changing the language for the sake of the audience for you. Uh, and I think sometimes that can give you insight that is really valuable. So having some people like that who, as long as you trust their opinion... Um, that you can go to them and know that you're probably not going to get the answer you want, probably not going to get the feedback you want, um, but you're going to value it, then then those people are, are really useful to have in there as well. Um, so, yes, yeah, so just sort of, sort of different different people um, to have in mind. I'm sure I've got a couple of others, but those are the, those are the ones that spring to my mind as I run through that, that example with them. I think that's key. And I think that's why I said that there's five different uh, elements of networking. You can't just surround yourself with people that you like, because as as much as they're, they're your tribe and they'll be the reason that you come to work and the reason that you're excited, they won't be the ones telling you that actually that's not the right career goal for you or the next step for you or... Um, as you say, any of those other uh, those profiles, they, they might not be able to give you access to a broader network. And so there's huge value in diversifying your network and having having people for, for all of those different roles. And I completely echo the LinkedIn strategy. <laughs> I will start doing that myself. And I say away with business cards. LinkedIn is so much better just for the reason uh, alone that you can basically write notes and keep them in that, that forum. So I think that's a great, great piece of advice, Sam. Yeah, I ordered a box of business cards not too many months ago. Um, and I, I think that that was money down the drain. I, I don't think I'll be handing bits of paper over to anybody uh, ever again, uh, <laughs> those business cards. Um, so one of the big challenges that the people face, I think, with, with networking, and we've touched on already ourselves, um, but is, is this issue of confidence um, and how maybe you can address 
the fact that you you might be feeling less confident when you go into a networking event, especially if you're joining a new group or going for the first time. So what advice do you give people in that setting? So walking into, well, first of all, signing yourself up, giving, getting the confidence to sign yourself up to networking is, uh, is hopefully what we're giving people today. So if you're listening and you don't have the confidence to do it, please just try it. Um, you never know what's going to come from it. So, so do sign yourself up. Uh, there's loads of different platforms out there. Um, that can also automate it for you so that you don't even need to sign yourself up. You can subscribe to a list. I know at ISC, we have a number of different subscription lists where you either get introduced to someone each month via email and then you can go for a coffee off the back of it or you sign yourself up for uh, one of these forums and you get the calendar invite automatically into your diary. And so that's that's sort of step one if you're if you're finding you're not having the confidence to to sign yourself up for these things. Just automate it, subscribe, and let someone else do the hard hard work. Um, and then the next thing is, is turning up. And so what I'd say... Uh, in this capacity is consider taking a friend so if we're talking about networking and you've seen something that's really interesting don't don't feel ashamed to say hey so and so I've got this really I've seen this really uh, great event would you like to come with me or I think you should sign up too um and then you have I mean if we're talking about a virtual space it's not like you can walk into the room together but you you sign in and you may see a familiar face or two and that always for me I know uh, I see someone and um it always makes me feel a little bit more more comfortable. As I said, go with the purpose in mind. So, so if you're turning up, especially in a virtual space at the moment, uh, have in the front of mind the reason why you're there because uh, in this virtual space, you will more likely be called upon to introduce yourself um, or state the reason why you're there. And so if you come in knowing that reason, I think that's really, really helpful. And something that I found, so I came into the insurance industry, as I said, five years ago with no industry knowledge. Uh, and I was plunged into these networking opportunities. And so I didn't even know what an underwriter was. Um, and so what I found being that's been really, really helpful is I subscribe to a number of different podcasts um, and not just industry podcasts, but also I listen to um, the daily podcast on The Guardian. And I do that every single morning when I'm in the shower, because when I'm going into these networking sessions, the, these networking events, there's always something that comes up from those podcasts. It's topical. It's daily. It's something that you can talk about if there's an awkward silence or uh, find a reason to connect with someone at the other end of the call or the un- other end of the coffee. Um, it's something that I find just is a way to lighten the tone sometimes when conversations are quite over my head and quite in-depth about a specific topic and um, that makes me feel uncomfortable so that's kind of the way I I, um, take myself out of it yeah and I guess that's a really good point with the jargon and so on is people start using phrases and you're not so sure what's going on then and then hopefully have the confidence to ask I think everyone in the insurance industry knows we're guilty of using jargon and if you get you know asked everyone's totally happy to to explain it um but it makes me think if you're listening to this and um i have some jargon cards we give to people when they're new in the industry so um i i've got a whole stack of these in my office so um let's say like 50 pairs if if, if, if the first 50 people that want them just let me know and we can send you a pack of them out if that's going to help you feel more comfortable um whilst you're networking um and how about as this kind of progresses so as you go on in your career isc is brilliant at making sure you've got an offering for all different levels. So how would you say networking changes as people progress in their career? I'd say at the beginning of your career, 
your networking specifically to find your tribe first and foremost I think that's been really I've seen that be really really valuable in the sort of first five years of your career finding individuals outside your organization that you click with that are interesting that are doing different things to you uh, but that you can classify as friends um, and start to build up that community feel in, in the industry for yourself. And then I think as you move on in your career, once you've got that foundation, I think, as you say, Sam, it's really important to then branch out, put yourself out of your comfort zone and find the people that you don't have in your network, find the areas of the business, of the industry that you don't have in your network that will benefit you going forward. So sort of mapping that out. And then as you get more and more senior into your career it's about finding developing the relationships that are really going to be beneficial for you so finding out of that big map of of the industry if you have that mapped out and you and that's quite solid really using that and targeting some individual individuals and then building on those relationships because the the more in-depth relationships you have the more opportunities that come from it and the better support system that you have uh, here at ISC Group, those uh, Barbara started bringing women together over 14 years ago. And those are some of the strongest business relationships I've seen. And not only are they the strongest between those 12 women that she brought together, but they set the example of what those relationships could look like for, for the whole community and sort of set a precedent for the outcomes that can come from those relationships. For example, the Ensuring Women's Futures report. I don't know if you've if yeah. you've heard it, if you're listening, do, do give it a, a read. It's the most incredible piece of research. And that was something that was spoken about at an IC, ISC dinner with Sean, Jane uh, and Barbara about five years ago now. And they just said that there was a gap in in the research and we needed to do something about it. And so I'm by no means taking credit for the Ensuring Women's Futures uh, reporting. That's very much the CII, but it was born of three ISC members that had come together, realized a business issue and, and, and really put their heads together and thought about how they could solve that. Um, and, and here we are today. Joe, I love to hear that because um, that particular report, um, I have uh, a regular lunch, or, or, or can, when we were allowed to, um, with my aunts and cousins, all the women in my family, and that report prompted me to have a conversation with them about their retirement plans and um, their pensions and, and all kinds of things that normally are taboo topics, and, and to be honest, they're not women who know a huge amount about finance um, and we had a very interesting conversation and uh, one that actually led to them taking actions that will no doubt be helping them um, as they kind of go into their retirement so lovely thank you ISC for, for kicking kicking that first foot off um, and CII for doing that great piece of work um, now we also kind of I guess ISC is you've mentioned external networking um, and I guess quite often as well people think about that because that's what's on offer around the market but internal networking is another fundamental piece so what's your kind of view on on the two how they differ and how they um, complement each other? So I'd say the the theory behind both of them is the same so it's about finding a community of, uh, of individuals that can help you support you uh, be friends to you uh, and the reason that they're, they're so complementary with one another 
Uh, a lot of th people think that it's duplicating the process by going along to something like ISC, which is external, as well as their women's forum internally within the organization. And um, this isn't the case. I think it's so incredibly important to have people who you know, who you trust, who you feel comfortable with within your organization because they're your internal support system. So for example, if you have a manager, you have an issue with them and you go to Sarah who is within the organization, knows the manager, but not on their team. They can be your support system because they know the individual, they have that more in-depth knowledge and can really help you overcome that barrier, that short-term barrier, that you, the conflict that you've come into contact with. Uh, and, and really create some practical outcomes for you. Now, if you were doing the same externally, you'd still get the benefits, but it may not be as targeted because the individual may not know the personality or the profile of that manager and may not be able to give um, the same level of advice. However, um, having an external opinion is also really valuable because they could draw on their own experiences that Sarah may not have had. So if you're if you're going outside the industry, uh, Peter could say that he has experienced someone very similar and um, he used this tactic in order to create a better outcome for him. And I think using the two, you have two experiences that you can bounce off and then really try and test whether that's, so those solutions are going to really help you in, in that situation. So I think they come at it for the, the advice comes from a different lens, but it gives you more variety of experiences that you can draw upon. And then uh, hopefully some resonate with you and your experience that you can can use to overcome a barrier or an opportunity or whatever it is um, to help you in your career. Excellent. I love that. Um, and um, the inevitable question when everyone's talking, not just about networking, but anything to do with um, interaction what's your view on the future so when we are allowed to go back um, and who knows how often we're going back uh, what's your view on on isc's offering because i think you guys are probably going to be one of the the leaders on a networking front whatever you think you're probably going to start with will influence what a lot of the rest <laughs> of the market does so really interesting to hear it from you as to your thoughts for maybe later this year Oh, well, I really wish I had a crystal ball. It would make my life a, a lot easier. Um, so we, I don't have the answers and we are a very agile organization as, as we, as you will have heard about uh, the changes that we made last year. So we will adapt regardless of the circumstances we're giving, given. Um, but the plan at the moment, be, we have done a lot of surveying of our members to really try and get a sense of what people want. I think the issue with that is that what people wanted six months ago when we surveyed them is very different to now. Uh, I personally, six months ago, was very happy working from home and I'm sat here doing the podcast from my office six months later um, and I've come in completely off my own back. I'm the only one in today. And... Um, yeah, that just goes to, to show how things can change in in a short period of time. Um, uh, but the, the general consensus, I think, is it will have to be staggered. So what more junior individuals want in the industry is different from senior individuals. And this goes to, uh, to your points, Sam, about the different networking, how networking differs as you 
progress in your career. And um, a lot of senior individuals have said that they have those really strong relationships. So they don't feel the need to go into the office as much because they're not looking to build out their network. They're just looking, they've already done that and they have those strong relationships that they can tap into. Um, and meet new people occasionally, but most of it's just maintaining that strong network uh, at a senior level. And so I think the more junior individuals will demand more in-person networking so they can establish those networks. And the balance of how we do that, especially when we need senior executive sponsorship at some of those networking events will be challenging because I think the more senior individuals are going to be quite stubborn and stay for, stay at home more, uh, more often than not. Um, but I can see... I can see the virtual space still being really, really active. I think it's been an incredible resource, this online platform, to uh, be able to tap into so many different things. I mean, you can be sat at your desk and you can be in London for one meeting. You can be in New York for another. And I think the, that global opportunity that the, network, the virtual networking space provides isn't going anywhere. Um, I think it will be harder for people to tap into when they are sat in their office, but um, that is something that businesses need to consider. And I think introducing things like pods in workspace, introducing more meeting rooms, uh, less stationary desks will be a way around it. Um, but I just think it, I mean, it would be a shame more than anything to to let that opportunity go down the drain once we go back to, to working in an office because I just think being able to tap into that global network and the, that global resource pool this year has been absolutely fantastic and um, especially for the younger generation who are looking uh, to travel a bit more with work to, to explore those global opportunities that's a really really nice way for, for individuals to do that. I also think people have got better at networking online. I didn't even know that would be a thing uh, 12 months ago, but I think people have got better at doing it and um, and it's people are a bit more comfortable doing it now. Some people are more comfortable doing it on a screen than in person. So uh, I think it will be a hybrid approach. What we're planning as an organisation is... is trying to go to the 50-50. I don't know if we'll ever reach 50-50 in person to online. I think a lot of our content will remain online. Um, but I mean, I'm dying to meet people in person and have an actual cup of coffee. So, so less frequent, but I think more maybe impactful when we do plan in those, um, those in-person meetings and more purposeful. Yeah. I think because people are going to have to be traveling in in if they've moved out of London, but even just traveling into some of these uh, networking events and they will need a good reason to do that uh, now that there is the option of working from home. So more purposeful, more impactful, maybe less frequent. Yeah, and your point around global, um, the global networks is, is huge. So for me, I, I sign up to your monthly introduction coffees and um, over the last couple of months, I've had a monthly coffee with um, Sherry Dodsworth, who's on the board for your ISC Canada oh. group. Uh, and we've had great conversations, trading notes over um, ISC, um, but also the, the working environment and so on. And that's an opportunity that would just never have come about if it wasn't for online networking and certainly would not continue if we didn't stay virtual as well. So one final question for you, Lara. Um, at the end of each podcast, we like to close off with a nugget of wisdom. So can you share with us a piece of um, 
career advice you've you've been given or you you've heard of or you share uh, that will benefit the listeners Absolutely. So I think the biggest piece of a career advice um, that I've given, and I had to think long and hard about this, I get given career advice every single day, uh, but I never write it down. So that would be one <laughs> one tip, write all of these career nuggets down, uh, because they're really useful, especially when you want to come back to them. But um, something that my coach, uh, so I've had a coach for the last uh, four years, and something he has taught me is that the best leaders admit where their faults are, and then surround themselves with that skill set, uh, i.e. building the best team around them with the skills that they don't have. And the key there being that they're not threatened by these skills being introduced in, into the team. Uh, and I think that's played out for me so much uh, as we've developed over the last uh, five years as a business. Is, uh, I'm, I'm a I, I'm I'm really bad at some things and admitting that and finding someone that's really good at it is uh, so, so important uh, and can accelerate the business growth in it. And it's all about the diversity piece that we keep going on about. Uh, and it, it may mean that your life is a little bit more challenging and um, you have a different perspective being thrown at you but it is going to be beneficial in the long run and it will better you as a leader and it will better the business. So it's definitely something to consider. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lara, and all of your um, very practical tips and suggestions. I will um, leave details of the IC group in the notes for anyone who wants to follow up and find um, out more about it. And I'm sure uh, you'll be accepting people who contact you on LinkedIn if they want to hear more from you as well. Absolutely. LinkedIn is the platform to do that. Uh, and do write me a note saying that you came from the podcast so that I can uh, I, I know how, how you came about. And uh, uh, yeah, I look forward to connecting with anyone off the back of this call. Thank you so much, Sam, for, for inviting no me. I'm just going to do one, one little plug as well. Actually, I forgot to probably mention this early on, but Lara um, and the IRC have their own podcast series um, of career stories from um, particularly the exact ISC uh, members. So if you search within your um, podcast platform for ISC Group, you will find that there and have some more listening to. Fantastic. Thanks, Sam.